Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Points and Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking uh, Murphy's Law, apple pie, with a splash of apple juice and some soda stream. Peter, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Brew Aid Home Ice Advantage crisp, clean, and crushable crap lager. <laughs> it is... <laughs> It's pretty nifty. It's uh, 25 cents for each. Each one goes to support hockey helps the homeless. And it's a four and a half percent lager. Oof. Jesse, what are you drinking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Weak. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking Forty Creek Copper Pot Reserve down there in uh, Stony Creek, I believe. Or in that general area. Josh, what are you drinking? Well, I thought I had you beat this week, Jess, but you're drinking liquor. So uh, I'm drinking a left field brewery, 10 cent beer night, which is a double IPA, 7.8%. You know, it's only a little boy, a small boy, but uh, at 7.8%, it's uh, it packs a punch. <laughs> anyway, it tastes pretty good. It's uh, it's quite hoppy. I mean, it's uh, it's a nice double IPA, so it's definitely going to be hoppy, but it's actually really good. I kind of wish I would have bought another one because I'm almost half done already and we just started the show. Rookie move. Ricky. Yeah, don't worry, I got backups. So, have you guys heard that the Texas Rangers are going to allow 100% capacity in this upcoming MLB season? Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy that this is going to be going through. I mean, I know the Americans are further ahead than us uh, from a vaccination standpoint, but man, 100%, that's... That's crazy. It, it's crazy, yeah. It's, it's It reminds me of like designating a corner of the swimming pool as the peeing section <laughs> you know everybody go pee over there it's fine we're safe over here in this other corner uh, jesse you swam in that pool didn't you <laughs> oh you dirty <laughs> why would i be swimming you were buddies in high school you probably went swimming in his pool oh. um i it's funny because like i haven't heard if they have to wear masks or not because texas lifted yeah. the oh they do it's recommended that they do, and it's like a three-strike rule. They lifted the mandatory mask in all in the state of Texas. Hmm. Yeah, Texas just said, okay, pandemic's over. Back to it. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we got enough shit to deal with with snow and <laughs> all this yeah. stuff. We're done. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, Yeah, I think it's, it's stupid and premature, but uh, whatever. That's Texas, I guess. Well, and hopefully they're so far along on the vaccination uh, trail that it, you know, really won't be too big of an issue. But I think there's going to be some some issues in in Texas. Let, let me tell you, I, I won't be going to a Texas Ranger game uh, anytime soon with 100% attendance. And I mean, without everybody, without it being abolished, let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, I think the Jays play them pretty early in their season too. So. Hopefully that isn't a cause for concern. But. Yeah. That'll be a huge uh, advantage, like home field advantage for the Rangers, though, having that much noise compared to everybody else, uh, unless more teams decide that they will go 100%. There's other teams like San Diego and both Chicago teams that are going to allow about 20%. That's, a, that's, that's good. Yeah, I think 20% that's, and 100 Yeah, 20 to 25%, I think, is a good number. With the size of the stadiums, they can spread out pretty yeah. good, So Exactly. It's reasonable. Yeah. Be interesting with the dugouts, like if they're 100 capacity, like how close they're allowed to be at the uh, the dugouts, right? Getting because the, the players don't want to fucking catch it, obviously. 
Well, no, but I mean, the, obviously it happens, but I mean, these guys are with each other all day, every day. So, no, but from the fans. No, yeah. Oh, from the fans. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I guess 100% attendance means everybody right up to the dugout, but I could see in other places where they're doing 20% where they not, you know, the first 10 rows behind the dugout or nobody's going to be there for that reason. But in Texas, who knows? I guess it's just going to be COVID stew. Also yeah. in like the pitching bullpen and stuff like that, like out in the outfield and stuff like that for obviously some, some aren't in the outfield, but down the foul, foul line. Mm-hmm. So Which foul line might even be worse because the fence is lower. The, the fans could be closer. Exactly. You still have those fans reaching out for that ball and, you know, an outfielder running for the ball jumps into the has to jump into the seats. Well, I guarantee, I guarantee they're going to be afraid of COVID, so they won't be jumping into the seats a whole lot. Maybe not going to see a Derek Jeter dive into the stands, like four <laughs> rows up, kind of thing. <laughs> I wonder if they actually sell out though. Like they're, oh yeah, they're saying they'll allow 100 percent attendance. Will they actually get 100 percent? For sure. They you think so? Yeah. For sure. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, exactly. People are looking for. I mean, I guess there's nothing else to do here. There's there's stuff to do there. They're pretty much, if they're allowing allowing 100, I'm gonna assume that they pretty much have opened everything up. So. Oh uh, yeah, they said pandemic over. <laughs> Back to business. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. I don't think it's smart. Yeah, I, I agree. But hey, we'll see. So the Blue Jays this week, three and two. They play today at 1 p.m. against the Yankees. Uh, so worst case scenario, they end up at three and three this week, which isn't half bad for spring training at least you know you can't take a whole lot into all these games everybody's been playing well Robbie Ray had a good outing yeah the other day and uh, a <laughs> few other players have, have you know been as advertised type thing Springer Dinger and we got our first Springer Dinger Vlad has been heating up as of late as well oh, so it's nice to ever. see Nice to see his stick coming around. And uh, to me, it looks like his bat swing is uh, a little quicker. And I'm going to attribute that to a loss of weight. And he's so far so good. He's looking he's looking good. Maybe not so much at third base. You know, not that he's been horrible over there, but I think he's still just a first baseman. He should focus over there. And I think the Jays should do that too. But they seem to want to entertain the idea of him at least fielding some balls in spring training at third. But I think we all realize that 90% of the starts on third base barring injury are going to go to Biggio. So. so we all know what Kevin's expectation is for the Jays this year. Tell us, Kev, what is it? World Series, bud. <laughs> but so let's just ignore Kev for a sec. Sorry, Kev. No worries. But uh, Jesse and Yosh, what do you guys expect what are your expectations? What's the bar for the Blue Jays this year? Is it playoffs or bust? Well, they need to make the playoffs with all the moves. So if they don't make the playoffs, it's a failed season to you? For sure. Yeah. They got to win the AL East, I think. See, I don't, I don't want I don't want a wild card. I mean, I don't want a wild card, but I think as long as they make it, the season or the signings have been a, a, at least a success this year, I would like to see them – I'm going to say they lose in the ALCS. I think once they hit the playoffs, because they're so young and everything like that and don't have a lot of experience, they're not going to be do all that well. But mm-hmm. I also think it's going to take some time for them to get going at the beginning of the season. And near the end of the season, they should heat up a lot more. But don't they have vets that's been there that can sit there and give them a bit of the, the ropes upon what the atmosphere is like and what your expectations are? I mean, they got a few, but not a whole lot. Only, only takes a few, right? I guess. I mean, you got Springer, who's going to end up being a massive leader on the team because he's got probably the most World World Series experience, uh, probably even the most playoff experience on the team, maybe Semyon as well. 
but the rest of the guys, excluding pitchers, I suppose, are super young. There's no playoff experience there. Did they not have a little taste of it last year? Yeah. What did they play a game? Yeah, I I don't I think it was just like one game or something yeah. like that. And I don't think they're gonna go very far in the playoffs because of that experience. That one game experience isn't gonna get them a whole lot. I'm just banking on, like you said, just them being hot at the end of the year and rolling through a few teams. And because uh, I think they will get wild card. I think the Yanks are gonna walk away with this division. And you don't think Tampa? I don't think Tampa's gonna walk away with it. It'll be maybe close, but I bet you I'll say the Yanks probably got them by five games. Yeah, it's kind of crazy thinking about it because Tampa was in the World Series last year, and now we're saying that they won't even get the division. Well, I'm saying at least. Mm-hmm. And you're saying they might not even make the wild card. It's it's gonna be tough, right? Like AL East is such a strong division, even with the likes of Boston, who isn't you know touted to be top two at least i would say but in in that division but they're always a tough team no matter what for sure so it, it'll be uh, i mean everybody knows the al east is the toughest division uh or i think everybody knows that that's my opinion it's the toughest division in baseball but it's been like that for a while too yeah anyways we're gonna move on to the these new rules with uh, the mlb is gonna test some new rules in the minors mm-hmm. which are pretty interesting uh the the one that I don't really care, but we'll mention it is the triple a they're going to have uh, larger base pads. They're going to increase them from 15 to 18, the idea, sorry, inches, 15 to 18 inches. And the reason for that is just to try and decrease collisions and stuff like that. And maybe it might help with uh, more base stealing and everything like that, because that has definitely gone downhill. I don't have a problem with that. Like I said, I think if it can increase base stealing, and keep the players safer at the same time, why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. And with all the reviews that happen, especially in stealing and, and, and tagging people, like maybe that three inches comes pretty handy kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. I assume it'd be three on both ends kind of too. So it'd be like six inches. Yeah. It's yeah. Like first, first you got an extra three inches and second you got an extra three inches. So Good point. You're six inches closer, which I don't know six inches makes a, Oh, lick a difference, but sure it does, maybe it does. Man. Sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> and Double uh, A, they're looking for the defensive, trying to switch it up in the positions. They're trying to get rid of the large shifts, which they're thinking of putting two infielders. All, all four infielders have to be on the dirt, on the outbound area of the dirt. So they can't put like shortstop or third base all the way out. And can't play a rover. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it, tell you the truth. See, I kind of like it. I think it'll just help promote more offense. You're just going to have your left and right fielders. You're taking taking, the manager out of the play. That's true. And and the whole thing is, is they're in the MLB. They should be able to shoot it to the opposite field. Yeah, that's true, too. You should be able to smack. I mean, yeah, they're throwing 90 mile an hour, but like you said, you should be able to hold up enough and – swing a little later and punch it out to the oppo oppo side but i don't know i'm not sure where i sit on this one and it's you know for both reasons you know peter i agree with you that it's you know having everybody spread out it is going to well maybe not increase but it's going to decrease the defensive uh yeah. abilities so but the thing is you can move like one of your uh outfielders to the rover location okay so then then just do that then bring your if it's a righty batter you bring your left fielder all the way over to play a rover and you push your other infielder out into short left field. And then there but you, you can't, you can't have to be on the dirt. Oh, right. 
you're gonna have your center fielder like covering like acres and acres of uh, green out yeah. there. Yeah. But that and like I get what they're trying to do, but the other thing that they're trying to do is trying to make sure that there's two infielders on each side of the second base, yeah. which is even more stupid. I yeah. Think. Well, you can't have three guys on on one side if they're all in the dirt. They're just there's just not enough room, or like you know what I mean. There's nothing would ever get through. <laughs> right. I like them. I don't know. It just all it means is that you're going to get more balls in play, and you know, more actual offense and more plays happening. I like to think if they try and hit it one, you'll see like a lot of the big guys that suck at hitting it, like Oppo and stuff like that, just want to hit home runs and stuff. But them stretching out to try and get to first with like a little ground ball down the third baseline or something like that, if they're hitting that the would be years, fun. Like yeah. that's what I that, and that's all about. It makes exciting baseball as well. Like yeah, like you're making more more hits and stuff like or having more hits when you don't have the shortstop playing rover, mm-hmm. right? So I, I just want to see more exciting baseball and like, but it's tough to beat those defensive shifts right now. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I get what they're trying to do with the more offense, but personally, I I think you're there isn't much for me that the managers get to control now. So, because no one's stealing a whole lot anymore either. So, well, hopefully they will now with the if if they go with a larger base, which I think I think that's going to come through pretty quick. The larger base, but, yeah. But anyway, but yeah. That well, also with the the high A, they're doing the step off step off rule, where you can only take your if as a pitcher, you can only take your foot off the rubber twice at per at bat. That's in low A, I think. Low A. No, you said high A. Yeah, like the, the low A, there's a two limit pickoff oh, attempts, it, which it's, which I it's, think is it's, dumb. it's high A. It's high A. So there's two step off rule. The step off rule is for the high A, and then there's a the low A. It's where you have only attempts at twice to pick off the person at first base. Right. Yeah, no. What the just reading what Jesse, I think you wrote in here. The high A rule is that you have to step off right. to try and pick someone off. Right, and then the low A rule is probably the same, but you can only do that twice. Twice. That's what I got out of it too. Yeah. yeah. So, I think those yeah, are we, kind of both dumb, in my opinion. Yeah. Really. I agree. Yeah. I like. I like them. How many times do you get a pickoff in a game? Very few. Very few. So now you're making it even more difficult for the pitcher by having to step off and then throw it. So the the runner nine times out of probably nine point nine times out of ten now is going to be able to get back. And then the two limit pickoff. So now I've picked him off twice in a 10 pitch at bat. You don't think that that runner is going to go because you can't pick him off anymore. Yeah. But that's the thing. It leads to uh, more base, base stealing. stealing. And that's why I like it. Cause it's more exciting. Like you, I hate when watching a pitcher go and throw it, step off the rubber to make sure to watch off the, the, the runner runner yeah. and everything like that. Like it's, I, I like it. I, it's supposed to speed up the game. Like you don't want your pitcher just continue just stepping off the rubber because he yeah, didn't I like the the, uh, the sequence of pitches that the catcher gave or to make sure that that guy was going back to first base or whatever, whichever base he was at. So I personally kind of like it. I guess the way when you, when you say it like that, it does make it a little bit more interesting, but I don't know. I, I'd still think you, I guess you're right. Like as soon as you pitch and pick me off twice, I'm probably going the next time. You can get a you can get a bigger bigger lead. How large? How how big is your lead at that point, though? Well, exactly. You You just stand halfway between the bases. He can't throw it to you. He can't pick you up. Well, you go to second, kind of thing like that. If he's standing halfway through the bases, you can get caught in a rundown, right? You got to throw it to second. Yeah, yeah, but that's still a pickoff, though. If the pitcher is throwing it, 
so he can't do it. If but he's there, already been off twice. So I think the third time. Yeah, I, I guess that at that point it's a little yeah, weird. maybe a little weird. I didn't I didn't read anything about the, after the two attempts, but they said they if you do do that at two past two attempts, you might get a balk. But if you get him out on the third time, I think they might. Or maybe they maybe the whole point is is you only get one pick off, and then afterwards you got to be make sure you're just pitching at the plate, and your your next pick off you have to get him. Well, why wouldn't you just try and do one with the the back catcher then at that moment? I mean, that's saying well, like you, you can know, do a intentional throw, walk. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. A snap throw will be completely different because it's right. not a pick off. And I mean, you don't get that many of those. Like, what do you get snap throws out of Yadier, and that's about it. Like, could you see too many guys could you that. see more of them happening though because of this say new rule with the pickoff i mean only if the guy is wandering off the base after the pitch right. just like normal right yeah. so i don't yeah. think it would go up i think it would stay consistent i i think they might they might uh or you be talking about the, sna- uh, the, the snap throw. snap throw the snap throw yeah but that's another way to do get around it too now that now that you're saying that i didn't even think about that but yeah sure. you, yeah you can pitch out and then snap throw and then then that doesn't count mm but you're giving a ball, a ball. So depending on how you want to attack it. Right. But depending on who the batter is, who the runner is, whatever, yeah. it, it'll be cool to see. It, it will be cool to see it and uh, how, how teams go about it and how, how they work around this limit or the step off rule, depending on where, what uh, league they're in. And it'll be interesting. Obviously things are going to, I would think move up. So, you know, think something that goes in high A, if it goes well, I think then it'll move up to double A, right? Exactly. I don't think it's going to yeah. jump right up to, to the pros. So No, no, no. They're, they're just testing them out and around kind of thing like that. And that's why the lower ones are going to get these goofier ones. So the next one here on your list, the pitch clock. I like that. I do too. West. I think I that's do. a great idea. Same here. Well, they already have it. They, but it's for 20 seconds in the minor leagues. They've, okay. they've done it for a couple of years now. I, I don't know the exact dates but they've had the pitch clock there and, but they found ways around it with stepping off the mound because it mm-hmm. resets every time. And that's what they're trying to limit. Right. So there's going to be people trying to like, I don't want to say cheap, but like just oh, trying to figure out for yeah, sure. loopholes yeah. and the, yeah. work the, work the rule to what they, what they like or mm-hmm. how ways around it more or less. But yeah. Try to game the rules. Yeah. yeah. I do so like that though. 15 second pitch pitch count or pitch clock. Sorry. I think that'll uh, that will definitely help speed things up and and maybe they do something there if maybe the step off rule can kind of come in effect there if you step off twice it'll reset within the same batter but yep. if you step off a third time maybe it doesn't reset so now you have six seconds to get your shit together and throw the ball now does this right. all reset for the when the batter gets back into the box is when the time starts. I didn't. I would so? think it would have to be. Yeah, just I would to, think both both players would have to be ready for that time clock to start. I right. Think. Yeah. Yeah, because the the pitcher's allowed to throw it once he's in the box, more or less. Mm. Right. So the the batter's got to be ready. And then the last one, which I don't know if anyone is really a fan of, but robot umpires. I, I I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not against it, but I still think that the umpire should still have his own, you know, watching what he's doing for his job. But an earpiece he's still inside. Gonna be, He's still going to be behind the plate. Yeah, but he's still going to be a guy behind the plate with an earpiece inside his ear for the suggestion. You know? A suggestion. Well, I mean, it was a strike, and buddies, and then the the robots look. By the way, and Hell Hernandez, that was a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just you know, I didn't mean in that kind of way, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, with the earpiece, I don't, I don't see that being an issue because that way, there now you know, strikes are strikes and balls are balls. 
Just, yeah, but is the is the umpire that's back there actually calling these things now, or I would hope or so. is it just going to be the guy in the ear all the time saying that was a strike? Yeah, I think that it's a guy in an ear and a strike. I think it's just going to be a guy in an ear. So the, the it's just a placeholder then. Yep, the guy that's standing behind the plate. He's just doing this. Well, he's yeah, probably, and he'd he'd also be for any plays at home. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. And so, and foul balls, stuff like that, whatever. Right. But yeah, I've dug into it a little bit. And the only thing I could find was that they're going to go with like a two dimensional strike zone. So like, it's just the front of the plate. And if it, if it hits the front of the plate or the the strike zone at the front of the plate at any point, it's going to be called a strike. So curve balls. So it can be high and will still be a strike according to the, to the rule. No, 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 no. It's up to your your what it is. You're just saying elbows. if you curve it over the back corner of the plate, oh. that's not a strike anymore. Yeah. They're not doing like a 3D model, just a 2D model. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, curveballs like dropping them in, like yeah, stay pretty it's, it's deep. Off could the be... plate the whole way and then just touches the plate on the end. Yeah. 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 That kind of sucks for those type of pitchers because that's a tough ball to hit to begin with, right? <laughs> and then it tails off and hits your hits the corner of the plate. But now those that's not going to count. That's definitely advantage uh, batter for sure, which leads into more offense too, right? Yeah, fair enough. But I, I personally, I don't. I, I think we talked about it before with the human error, and it is what it is. Like we always complain about yeah. refs here and there, and their umpires, and it is what it is. They, they happen. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of the game. Yeah, I think maybe the only way they could maybe do it with a like somewhat digital is if it's. Like say say he calls it a strike and it's six inches off the plate. Like I know that's pretty tough for a, for an umpire to call that a strike. But if it was that far out, like if there was a limit, a threshold that they said if it was outside, you know, a ball, a full ball diameter off the plate, then we would say, ding, no, that was actually a ball, not a strike. Where or overruled? Yeah, exactly. Maybe they could do <laughs> something like could. that. I don't know. It's but the, at the same time, then you just might as well get the robot doing right, one hundred percent. So it's kind of weird that it not weird, but uh, no, with that pitch tracker that we've all watched within regards to baseball, which is basically known straight up as a showing a strike and the umpire calls that as a ball. They already have the technology. Right. So then why not use it? Well, it, it takes away, like just said, that human error. It's there's still know, human error involved and you still gotta, gotta think like Jesse said a hundred times, Baseball is super slow to evolve. They like their old ways, right? And the, the, having a an umpire back there, I bet you it doesn't change for 30 years. Probably not. I mean, there's, I guess, all this stuff here is just all talk, right? It's just, that's why they're putting him into the different leagues. I wouldn't be surprised to see the larger bases next year in the MLB. Depending on how it goes, if, if there is no issues, which I can't see there being any issues, uh, why wouldn't you bring it on to, to decrease the injuries and increase the, the offensive base ceiling. I think it makes a lot of sense that way. Yeah, it's an easy change. Yeah, I think it is. So we're talking about some offense. A guy that had a, quite a bit of offense over his career, Nick Markakis, has decided to hang up the cleats after 15 seasons. He had nine with Baltimore, six with Atlanta. Pretty good player. I mean, he wasn't an, you know, wasn't a superstar superstar. He's only one-time all-star in 2018 but a great guy to have on your team hitting just under 300 like kind of 288 for a career average something in that range like i said solid guy solid veteran can lead your team uh not anymore he's gonna he's gonna be <laughs> retiring he, he took most of uh, 2020 off or i guess the first part of it because of covid but then he decided that he wanted to play 
came back and I guess now he's decided to hang them up. So just, I know, you know, Markakis, do you think that his resume in the 15 seasons, he had 2,388 career hits, which puts him at a, like 125 or 126 all time. Do you think he's a hall of famer? Obviously in my opinion, not a first ballot, but do you think he'll make it at some point? I don't remember if we discussed it or not, but the way the baseball hall of fame is, I I don't see him getting in in that 10 years kind of thing like that and maybe getting shuffled down that line and right but I don't think he'll, he'll he'd be getting in that 10 years. He's a, he's a good solid player, great average and everything like that. Could play defense, but he doesn't have the numbers whereas all the juiced up guys do, right? So the 2800 uh 2388 hits and so guys that are around that area, Mickey Mantle Sammy Sosa, Ryan Sandberg, Alan Trammell, you know, some of, there's some pretty big names there. There are some big names there. But I, I am kind of on the fence too. Like I definitely don't think he's the first ballot, but I think if he's, if he gets in Jess, I think I'm going to kind of agree with you here where it'll be later on. It'll be in those era committee uh, years. So I probably won't be in the first 10 years, but it, it could be afterwards. But it, when I, I was looking this up and I'm like, wow, like that many hits compared to these other players, you know, yeah. it was, it was kind of an eye opener. So did Sosa get in? Oh, it, it hasn't been done. Yet. I think it's in May when they actually uh, announce it. Okay. So, I, I don't, I don't know if he's gotten it. Like he, like he was a good player, but again, another right. juicer, but yeah. M- Mickey. Uh, oh yeah. Sosa like, was like, using a hollow bat, man. It was corked. What are you talking about? Well, same difference. He, he was man. doing he was both. Cheating or whatever. Yeah. Right? Cheating. It's a, I didn't even know that. So that's kind of neat to hear that, that he was that close. But like, I was just reading, I'm like, cause anything like you gotta be closer to 3000 hits for, for to turn heads more or less. Mm-hmm, for sure. So like, and he's well off that and for uh, 15 years. So. Yeah. Like if you hit 3000, you're in the top 32 all time. Yeah. So. Like and like you said, that's turning heads. That's Roberto Clemente has got three thousand. So you, you the likes of him, you know, and better, or like you said, turn heads. So Marquez didn't necessarily turn heads. It just can super consistent, just yep. keeps hitting, 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 hitting. So had a great year there in twenty eighteen when he went to All Star. But other than that, just uh, definitely above average, serviceable, but nothing superstar. So, so I think Jess and I at least are on the same page. So he'll be in the Hall of Fame after the ten year mark. Or that would be the earliest he could get in. What about you, Peter? Kev, do you guys have a, a guess, I guess? I, I'm going to say no, just because it's the Hall of Fame and not the Hall of Very Good. Fair enough. So I think he's probably kind of right there at the top of the Very Good, but probably not quite enough to get the Hall of Fame. I have to agree. Yeah, I, don't think he, I don't think he'll go at all. Interesting. Write that one down because it'll be interesting to, <laughs> to see where we get. We're going to be doing the podcast for 10, 10, 10 years, years from now. We'll be on episode 5,220. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you made that prediction about they might get the robot in, in 30 years or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> That's a real hot take, that one. <laughs> or even Peter's hot take of uh, Urban Meyer not having a, a, a winning, winning record. record. Yeah. That's going to take a long time to figure out. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to the NHL. Uh, in the NHL news, they have signed a new TV deal uh, with ESPN. It's a seven-year deal worth $2.8 billion. 
um, that begins next year. Did you say B as in billion? B as in Bob, as in billion, as in lots and lots of money. Wow. A, a bunch of bags of cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty, it's a very good deal for the NHL, especially considering um, it's a bad time to be negotiating deals like this with the state of the pandemic and questions everywhere. But I think they still got more or less what they were hoping for with this deal. This is sort of the A package of NHL games for the next seven years. There's still a, a B package, will, which will probably go to uh, uh, NBC. That's not set in stone yet. And yeah, so they'll get uh, 25 games a year, half of each of the playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals in four of the seven years of the deal. And now this is just for broadcasting rights in the U.S., right? Like CBC yep. is still top dog here in Canada. Yeah, in that it's, it's U.S. deal. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that you say that you think it's not a good time to be negotiating. I think it's a great time. You're in COVID, you're in lockdown, and everything like that, and you're getting TV deals. It's great to be getting the deal done, but you're not at a good negotiating place. Why? You're sitting here. All, all you can do is just watch TV right now, right? Like it's obviously getting better and everything like that. You might as well sign it right before all the vaccines kick in. Yes. But we know that the pandemic is sort of going away, even though we're in the midst of it right now. And it's like it just has created market instability and question marks. And like the, the profitability of the league has dropped because of the pandemic. That's for the whole league, though. But like, yeah. like but for TV deals, I think it's, it's a great time because you because everyone's staying inside most of the time. And now I know like when they shut down sports for a long time, like I was scrambling to watch some sports in, in May and, and June and stuff like that. And you could, I was watching soccer and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was entertaining as ever. So like, I think, I think those are the times where you gotta, you gotta make it right before the, the vaccines, everyone's vaccinated and then can go out and do other stuff instead of staying home watching TV. Yeah. It's a fair point. Maybe it had something to do with it. I don't know. I think it still created some volatility and it made it a sort of a unique negotiating place, but maybe it was for the better for the league. Who knows? The last time that Americans saw an NHL game broadcast on ESPN, it was game seven of Stanley Cup final in 03-04, Flames versus Lightning. The head coach of the Flames was Daryl Sutter. So Daryl Sutter is from what it's going to look like to Americans is that he's still behind the bench <laughs> 16 years later. <laughs> they got to be thinking, wow, what a tenure this Daryl Sutter's had in 16 years. <laughs> Are they thinking the flames can't afford anyone else? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. I saw that I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great to get in with ESPN. ESPN more or less is the front and center sports market network so you know it's good to be back on espn with the nhl and hopefully it'll grow the game it might even lead to more games being shown here in canada uh, like tsm being their their canadian affiliate right so you never know there might be some out-of-market games that we normally wouldn't get to see uh i mean who knows maybe not you might say screw you canada but it's it's a possibility yep okay 
Sorry, go ahead, Kev. No, I was going to say, we're going to see more of like Avalanche games and, you know, Flyer games. Possible, and, yeah. You know, Which would be cool. Caps and whatever else. Yeah, it's possible. Now, I think it's mostly on their uh, ESPN Plus streaming service is where this is more or less going to be hosted. So it's sort of similar to like a TSN Go or that kind of thing, gotcha. I think. Which is the right direction to go. Yeah, personally. For sure. It's definitely the way that I guess viewership is trending. Mm-hmm. More so to streaming and less to like network broadcasts. So let's move into the Leafs update for the week. Uh, so they've played three games since we last recorded. Going to run through them in chronological order. But so they, all three games are against the Jets. They lost 4 3 to the Jets on Tuesday. Uh, they looked like the better team, but they could not beat Hellebuck enough. Uh, they played again on Thursday, and same story. The Leafs outplayed the Jets for the most part throughout the whole game. Had way more chances. Uh, Hellebuck stood on his head, and they ended up winning with a huge Matthews goal in overtime. And then they played again Saturday night for the rubber match, and the Leafs came out and laid an egg and got beat handily. So, yeah, I didn't think they played very good on Saturday night. The refs didn't help the situation, and I'm going to get more into that later. We won't necessarily say where. My penalty box. But, yeah, they uh, they didn't play good enough, and they lost. And Hellybuck wasn't even playing. So They were definitely the better team in the first two Saturday? games. No, no, in the first two In the first two, for sure. 100%. But just couldn't, couldn't yeah. beat them. He was just... He was inc- incredible. He played great. Yeah. yeah, he really did. It's pretty bad because uh, in ten days now, or ten games now, they're five and five. Yeah. So they out of this three game series with the Jets, they only picked up two points. Jets picked up five out of six points. So the Jets are now second in the division, and the Leafs have dropped to they're still first place in the league, but there are now four other sorry three other teams tied with them for first. And all those teams have played less games. So really they're in fourth, if you want to look at it, honestly, uh, even though they're, they are tied for the most points. Uh, so it's not going great right now. We're in a bit of a slump. Uh, hopefully they'll come out of it. And Wayne Simmons should be coming back soon, which will hopefully uh, bring some life back into That'll the team. That'll create a spark for sure. I think as soon as he bring some muscle. Ice, he'll make, yeah, and he'll make a spark. Like he'll go out there for a shift and smash some bodies around yeah. and it'll fire everybody up. And you watch the, the game he comes back, the Leafs win handily, no matter who it is, because it'll be yeah. such a good, uh, a good feeling and having him back to, to motivate everybody. Yeah, for sure. That kind of player and him specifically on this team, it's, that's exactly right. What you said, they provide that spark and the team sort of feeds off of that energy. It's not looking good for 50 and 55, though. Matthews isn't. No. He needs to put a bunch of pucks or in the head. Your, uh, your, your other take of, uh, what was it, 7 and 12 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, that's getting, that looks even worse. <laughs> 12 and 7. 12 and 7. 12, 12 and 7, 7 yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do we got, 1? <laughs> 1 and 3? Yeah. Like no, 2. 2. You got 2. Oh, that's right, 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not looking good for my hot take on that one. Well, it's, fun, it's funny because we were just – well, I was talking shit about him being on that scoreless drought. And he shut me up right, right during the week. Yeah. Like it was, uh, it was funny. But <laughs> I mean, really, if you're counting, he scored three that game, but one was on Freddie Anderson. And he, uh, 
give it a nice little soccer back kick over uh, over his shoulder. Man, that backhand was a sick, sick goal. Like that was beauty. Fake, fake pass, and then pulls it back to the back end, top shelf. Beauty goal. Yeah, especially the way Hellebuck had been playing that entire game, exactly. and you know he just sort of made him look a bit silly on that one, which is good stuff. Uh, and so they also completed a trade throughout the week. They traded Miko Leitinen to Columbus Blue Jackets, who was their seventh defenseman. Uh, but he wasn't getting much playing time. He was. This is his first season in the NHL. He just came over from the KHL, where he was great in the KHL. And the Leafs, I think, sort of more or less trying to do the right thing for Leitinen because he wasn't getting any playing time on the Leafs. So they shipped him to Columbus in exchange for goalie. And I'm going to attempt this name, so I apologize in advance for Vaini Vevelainen, who was sort of a decent prospect uh, back a few years ago when he was drafted. But his numbers uh, since he's come over to North America have been not very good, but they haven't been much. He played, I think, a bit of last season and a few games this year or something, uh, and he hasn't been great. But So hopefully he'll turn it around and become a good goalie prospect, but if not, you know, it's no big deal. And we'll see if Leighton can make it in Columbus. Is it really no big deal though? Like you, they just got rid of their seventh defenseman. Who's going to step up into that spot if somebody, when somebody gets hurt? Yeah. So they have, they have their two sort of higher touted defensive prospects in Rasmus Sandin and uh, Timothy Lilligren. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just kind of clearing the way for those two to be the next in line. Sandin's hurt right now though. He's hurt. Yeah. So. And then after that, there's uh, everyone's favorites, Marty Marincin. Still there and available to step in if needed. <laughs> All right. I'll trust you. Yeah. So, so you know, maybe it looks like a not great decision if, if like, what you're sort of implying, if there's defensive injuries maybe leading into or in the playoffs and you got to bring in Rookies. maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Lightning's a rookie too. Yeah, so fair it's, enough, fair enough. It's not like it's a veteran guy that you're getting rid of. It's just, it's yeah. a rookie that wasn't getting in the lineup and they moved him away to give him a chance. Weren't we just talking about last week, uh, a couple backup goalies for the Leafs getting shutouts? Yeah. So they, go and, they go and get another goalie? Yep. That's, yeah. That's confusing to me. Like, Well, so this this guy that they're picking up is more of a prospect. He's not NHL ready. So he's going to sit there and play uh, for the Marlies? Maybe. I don't know if we really know where he's going to go play yet, but probably in the Marlies, yeah. I'm with Josh. I, th- I think you needed to go find another defensive guy. Or at least keep the defensive guy you had. Like, you know, I mean, maybe down the road you have to shore up that defense a little more, but I don't know if you, like you said, you've got two guys that just posted shutouts, plus you got Freddie. Or do you really need to add another guy, another goalie, that is? But, but like you said, he's a prospect, but still, like you would think you would want. Some because they're in first place or tied for first place for in the NHL, but you'd think you'd want another defensive guy. Yeah, I mean Leighton is a offensive defenseman anyway, so I don't know if he's really the guy that they want to be sort of Muzzin goes down or something, and everyone has to sort of step a place up in the lineup. I don't know if they really wanted Leighton to be the guy that was filling the sixth role anyway, just because he's he is an offensive minded defenseman and that's not necessarily what you want out of your bottom pair 
you want to make sure they're sort of reliable defensively. Yeah, it seems like everything that Dubas has touched this year has turned to gold. So hopefully yeah. it works out, but we shall see. Yeah, thought about mentioning it on the show, but took it off the list. But uh, their midseason sort of NHL award projections uh, right now have at least one report I saw have Dubas winning the uh, GM of the year award. Because, uh, like you said, he's the team that he put together this year. Every gamble seems to have more or less paid off so far. So far. So that's the least update. And just one last piece of NHL news. It seems Artemi Panarin is back from his adventure in Russia. He played last night, got himself a nice assist. I don't think we know much about the story of the politics with uh, his assault, alleged assault charge. All we know is he's back and he's playing again and he's looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Good to see. So we're for sure that he went back to Russia? That's what I heard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did because there was reports that he was arrested as soon as he stepped off the plane. I was going to say, they just let him go? Like, that's different. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I don't think he was arrested. I think the... Yeah, you were talking about the that guy, the last the, time. It was the other guy, the other... The guy he was supporting, Putin's yeah, opposition, he got is the one that was arrested when he touched down in Russia. Challenge! No, I was kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought Panarin was arrested when he, as soon as he got back, but I could be wrong. I don't think so. I, I didn't even know that he actually left because I didn't think he would be back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he gave them a big bag of cash. Never know. Never know. Definitely a duffel bag. It's always a duffel bag full of cash. Well, talking about not being back. Few of the Raptors still not back in the NBA plan. Uh, it's after the All Star break now, so they are back. The Raps have played two games this week, zero uh, and two, not doing great, but again, still missing uh, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Patrick McCaw, and Malachi Flynn. The next after tonight's game against the Bulls, their next opportunity to come back in the next game is Wednesday. So hopefully they will be back for then. I would think that would put them pretty much at their two-week quarantine type thing especially for Siakam the other four might be maybe one more game but so hopefully we can get some of these guys back and uh, start pushing towards a playoff spot because right now we're sitting just on the cusp and there's a bunch of teams between us and say the third place Bucks I think everybody else we could potentially catch I don't know if we can catch uh, first second and third place in the division or conference sorry but I say hopefully we get these guys back and they can help out Norm and Kyle and Boucher, who's been awesome. Yeah, he's been tearing it up and like I don't know why I think he started a couple games, but yet he I don't think he's he's always been coming off the bench, is what I've been seeing. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things like if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, he's playing well coming off the bench. I know what you're saying. Like he's if he's playing well off the bench, he could probably play well as a starter. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bain, I don't like Baines. I think he's useless. So I would love to see Boucher in there. But, hey, Nick Nurse is the boss, man, not us. See, I think Baines has been doing okay. Not, not like, as good as him, obviously. But he's been doing okay. There's your reach. It's the depth that's the issue, right? Like, well, we never, right had, now. <laughs> we never yeah. had good depth to begin with. Yeah, not at center. So, no. And that's why we were trying to get Drummond. Yeah, which I have not heard anything about that. They just said he's still... Has he not played yet? He's not played, no. He still has not played. Yeah. 
So over the week there uh, in one of the Raptors games, Lowry, in my opinion, cemented his, uh, his name as the greatest Raptor of all time by passing Chris Bosch for uh, points scored all time in a Raptor uniform. Uh, we had talked about this before. So Peter and I thought that Kyle was the greatest Raptor while Kawhi was the best Raptor to ever put on a Jersey. And the other two boys, I believe you guys both said VC for both, right? Uh, I said VC for the best Raptor to ever pull over the Jersey, but right. I, I kind of agreed with you with Laurie, but I didn't really make a huge decision on it. Cause like, it all depends on like how much longer he's going to be with the team. hundred percent. So, so like I was, kind of in the middle of the pack like i didn't really make a decision on it but i still think uh vc is the best to ever pull the jersey most on. talented ever yeah yeah most talented yeah and kev i'm pretty sure you said air canada for both right yeah i think that's I think that's what it was so anyway peter and i are right correct <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> and so of course there's been all kinds of trade rumors uh, is he going to go somewhere uh he's a free agent at the end of the year so is he going to sign somewhere if he does say that for the rest of this season is he going to stay and re-sign or is he going to go somewhere else but no matter what happens he has assured us that he is a toronto raptor and he will retire a toronto raptor whether it be a one-day contract or hopefully he signs another two or three year contract i don't know if he'll play that long but at least he's, uh, i would like him to play until he's done uh, in toronto so like i said just wanted to to mention that he was number two all time i think that's pretty sweet Pat yourself on the back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking at some more of the all-time stats, and it's possible for him to catch DeMar. Uh, to catch Demar Derozan in points, total points. So, so right now, Lowry is number two. Like I said, just past Bosch, he's got ten thousand three hundred and seven, and Derozan has thirteen thousand two hundred ninety-six. I think you're looking at probably the rest of this year, at least one more year, and then maybe a little bit more for for Kyle to catch him to be number one. I was looking at some of the other stats and there's no, no chance. I don't think that Kyle will catch DeMar on like the two point attempts or two point made. And actually it's something that I did see, which was kind of cool. Fred Van Vliet is already at like number seven or number eight all time in three point shots made. And he's played for what, five years, maybe. And a lot of that was off the bench. So I just thought that was kind of cool to see him up, up there already. Now uh, there's, we were just talking about Andre Drummond and how he hasn't played since the Cleveland Cavaliers decided that they don't want to hurt their asset or have potentially get their asset hurt and not be able to move him. They are still looking for a suitor to, to take him at the March 25th deadline trade deadline. That is, uh, there's a few other players now. So we had Blake Griffin before we were talking about him. Uh, we'll get to him in just a minute. He was one of those players that was just sitting on the bench, not doing anything. We've got now PJ Tucker, who is an ex Raptor and LaMarcus Aldridge, so same type type of thing. They both him Tucker and Aldridge have a mutual agreement with their teams that they are basically, they're going to go their separate ways and they're not going to play for their respective teams for the rest of the season. So PJ Tucker won't be returning to Houston. They are looking for possible trade destinations for the veteran, uh, but nothing that I've uh, heard as of yet. Um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he'll go somewhere as depth to maybe a playoff type team. But do you want him for after what he's done? Do you really want to pick someone up? It goes back. I'm not going to play anymore until, you know. But it was a mutual agreement. The, for both the, sides? Yeah. All the right. team said, we don't want you really on the team anymore. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to be, be here, here either. either. So, All right. so, yeah, I don't think there's an issue with P.J. Tucker in the in the room. I don't think he's a cancer. Same with LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't think there's any issues there. Uh, I just think that their teams are – they've got, you know, guys that are up-and-comers that are in that spot, and they want to see what those guys got. 
you know, where, where are they with that, that younger player, you know, and if you can get something for these vets, why not? Right. So same deal with Marcus Aldridge. Spurs are looking to move them. They would rather trade, but they haven't ruled out a buyout, which is exactly what happened with Blake Griffin, who did get a buyout from the Pistons and has now signed for the league veteran minimum with the Brooklyn Nets to just give them one more name, at least. I don't know how much of a superstar Blake Griffin's going to be anymore, but hes I don't think he's going to be dunking over cars. Let's put it that way. Not anymore. But he, you know, he's still a veteran guy. He's still smart. And obviously he's out there chasing a championship, probably going to do whatever he can to get a ring, whether it means coming off the bench, which I believe is what's going to happen. So he, in my opinion, he's going to end up being a playmaker. He's not going to be the Blake Griffin that scores 40 points. So he's just going to pass the ball because they got enough offense on that team, especially when KD's back, they don't need him to, to put the ball in the net. They need more of a defensive mind out of him and, uh, and the playmaking ability, which he has. So. Yeah. He'll definitely be good for the playmaking and everything. Like that. I just want to talk about, PJ Tucker, who is not yep. even doing that great this year to begin no, with. No, he's not. And like 35 years old, like time to like call it a career. I think he, I think, he, I think he's going to co- come off the bench, but oh, he's not going to be a starter anywhere. No, he's, no way, especially on a contender. Yeah, and it's just like Aldridge might be might might do something and everything like that. He's old too, mm-hmm. but uh, he'll. I think he'll, he's the better guy to get go get. Yeah, for sure. I mean, different positions went up, but they're. You know, both the guys for a contender are, are great depth guys for some some contender out there that can eat up minutes. And if there's an injury, can step in, no problem, right? Well, we'll see. I don't know if PJ Tucker can step in. And... Oh yeah, he started last year. For I know, but so, he's been horrible. Yeah, this year. Well, but, <laughs> but I mean, look at look at uh, a guy like Danny Green. Like he wasn't he wasn't a superstar in the Lakers run last year, but he's a solid veteran guy that knows how to play. He get he was strong on the defensive end still. But it's and PJ Tucker in my mind is one of those guys. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a straight along veteran. He, he might you know he's only scoring four point four points a game right now. Like I said, horror awful. <laughs> Not good. But if he can lead the team and and uh, solidify them in a playoff run or at least help out, I think that's that's really the, the only chance he's got left. And I could see unless that team decides Tucker was a huge help to their championship win. I can see him retiring at the end of the year. Aldridge might get another year or two out of, depending on where he goes. Uh, right now, the Celtics and Heat are rumored to be interested in Aldridge. So, and those are uh, those are definitely contenders right now. Would you take either on the wraps? Like we need depth. So, <laughs> yeah, made a big man. Yeah, yeah, maybe Aldridge. I would take Aldridge over Tucker, but it's not going to be a. I don't want to. I don't want to give a lot away. From no, definitely not. No. no. Oh, a bag of cash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cash consideration. We don't have anybody to trade. Like everybody is either on the COVID list or, you know, on the bench. We got nine oh five guys yeah. starting right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. so over the week, Joel Embiid had briefly taken over top spot in the uh, projected MVP race in the NBA, uh, but Friday night he decided he was gonna hyperextend his knee on a contested dunk. I believe the dunk went in, but he did hyperextend his knee, went down. He ended up walking off on his own and uh, an MRI just showed a bone contusion. So he is obviously injured. He'll be reevaluated in a couple weeks. So since then, after that injury on Friday night, LeBron James has retaken the MVP uh, race from him. So 
LeBron is is leading again. Like I said, he's plus 150. Jokic is plus 230. Joel Embiid is down to plus 600. Steph Curry is at plus 1100. And Giannis and Luka Doncic are uh, tied for top five at plus 1600. So at this point, I got two questions for you guys. At this point, who's your first half MVP? And then second to that is who who do you think is going to be the MVP at the end of the year? LeBron. LeBron will. Uh, MVP. Always? Yep. Do you think he's the best so far and and the best at the end of the year? Yeah. I mean, like, like the guy's, what, 40-something, isn't he? 38? LeBron? Yeah. How old is LeBron? He's not, well, he's not 40-something challenge. <laughs> but he's like, what? Well, whatever how old he is, I mean, the guy is up there in age. And they, for him to go through that many overtimes that he's gone through so far this time this year, I mean, age will kick in. And I, I, I just think that he's like that goat that just won't go away. He'll, he'll take him. Oh, well, I've been like the biggest LeBron sport supporter on here. But, yeah, it was Joel Embiid for sure the first half. I thought he's been playing dominant in every category i think he's 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 way better and i think he will come off uh the injury and and continue doing what he's doing i agree with you just 100 first off i'm going to say that lebron is 38 yeah i'm going to say seven i'm going to say in seven i'm challenging kevin we're going to look nope, that he's up 36 what? is he did you look it up oh no, so he's 36 he's born the same year as my wife oh, you said 42 oh i was trying it's either the right answer or not <laughs> yeah no but yeah i agree i think Embiid has been the best player in the league and i think like you said jess i think he's going to come back in his two weeks i think he'll be fine and i think he's going to have a fire under his ass and i think he's going to start dominating and who knows i mean if some of these rumors are true trade rumors maybe he'll have a a new player like kyle lowry beside him i kind of hope not but that could yeah. even that could even make his mvp vote stronger having another guy of beside him that can help him out with uh, getting passes to him and, and so on and so forth. So, so Jazz, I agree. Embiid is my, my bet for halfway through and for the, the final. Yeah. Not, not playoff league MVP. Uh, I for sure agree with halfway through. Do we have any indication of how long he might be up for? They said two weeks, they're going to reevaluate in two weeks. And that was kind of it. So it's, it's just a bone, bone bruise right now. So that can, I mean, that can be horrible and it can be pretty, pretty quick to come back from. Right. Yeah. But he's a big guy too. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 contusion bruise or contusions can go either way. He could hyperextend it again, kind of thing like that. Just friggin' walking. So it, well, I would assume they would throw a brace on him so he can't. Right. Hopefully yeah. he gets back. I like, like, like you and me agreed, like he's been playing dominant this year and yeah. I don't want to see him not playing. Exactly. Especially in the playoffs. Like he definitely would need to be, I, mean, I don't think it's nearly that bad. Well, he'll be back in the playoffs, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it doesn't, isn't going to end up being reoccurring or, or it's a nagging injury and, and yeah. prohibits him in the playoffs. Yeah. You might see his minutes cut down too. He could, yeah, they can start uh, uh, load management, right? Like mm-hmm. they do with everybody else. So what do you think, Peter? I'm going to say if he is out for like two weeks or less, call it, let's say three weeks. Well, or he's less. out, he's out too for sure. Let's say three or less. If he's out three or less, I think he's going to be the MVP the full season as well. If he's out longer than that, eh, I'm just going to throw in uh, Jokic just because I don't want to say LeBron. There you go. <laughs> and he's been really good too. He really has. Yeah. He's definitely been uh, leading that Nuggets team. 
So we've had a, maybe a couple other, uh, well, we had one MVP, I guess, throughout the, the next segment here. So the basketball hall of fame nominations for this year have come out. Uh, so new nominations, first time on the ballot, we've got Chris Bosch is a two-time champ, 11 time NBA all-star Michael Cooper, who played with the Lakers back in the day, five-time champ and a five-time all NBA defensive first team. Paul Pierce, who I'm not a big fan of, but Paul Pierce is on there. He's the final MVP, uh, was a finals MVP and a 10-time All-Star. And then... Why are you not a big fan of Pierce? I just think he's a cocky asshole. Just because you don't like him? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, okay. yeah. And, you know, the, the Celtics have always been a nemesis of the Raptors. So, you know, just one of those things. Well, it's just Boston in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck Boston. Exactly. Uh, and then so Bill Russell, uh, first time a nominee in the Hall of Fame as a coach. He was inducted as a player in 1975, so he's nothing new for Bill Russell, but uh, kind of cool that he could get in there as a coach and as a player. And then there's some returning finalists. You know, headlining would be Tim Hardaway, Ben Wallace, and Chris Weber. So out of uh, so we've got six guys that are on the list, six players. Uh, I'm not too concerned about. There are some lady nominees and and whatnot, and I believe there's I, there, I don't think there's only two, uh, a coach and a and a player. So I imagine both of those ladies will get in and well deserving. But out of these six players, Bosch, Cooper, Pierce, Tim Hardaway, Ben Wallace, and Chris Weber, can each of you give me your three? Give me three Hall of Famers out of those. Who would you put in there this year? I'm gonna say. Bosch, Pierce, and Wallace. That's my list. Damn, Peter, that was what I was gonna say. I'm gonna have to change it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be, it'll probably be uh, Bosch and Pierce for sure. I'm not very like that's a problem is I'm not very familiar with the, the other guys. Maybe uh, Cooper. So sorry, Bosch, Pierce, and Cooper. Yeah, but like I, I was more familiar with what Peter said. So got to change it up a little bit. <laughs> Were they again? You had uh, Bosch, Cooper, Pierce, Pierce. Uh, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Tim Hardaway. I go Weber, Bosch, and Pierce. Weber, Bosch, and Pierce. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it to Hardaway. What? Change Cooper to Hardaway? Yeah. All right. And so I think it's going to be Pierce, Cooper, and Weber. No Chris Bosch. No Chris Bosch. Not first, not first ballot. I think Weber deserves to be there. And not that, not that they all don't deserve to be there, but I obviously didn't really watch basketball back in the day when Michael Cooper was winning championships with the Lakers. But I feel like there's got to be an old time guy that gets in this year, whether it be whether I mean he deserves it. Don't get me wrong, if he's on the if he's on the list, he deserves it. But I just think that they'll push him in. For that the- was the reason why I thought of going with him because of all the like I'm always about uh, winning championships or winning playoffs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. I figured Kev would have taken Cooper, you know, because he's, he falls under that legend status, you know, or he's, he's old, old. five time champion, you know, <laughs> so. Kev loves the old guys grew up in this time. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely think Bill Russell gets in as a, as a coach. I don't think there's any chance that he doesn't. And then there's a few other coaches. Uh, there's an NCAA guy. And, and when I was looking into it, but from a, from us chatting standpoint, you know, I didn't know half the guys. So I figured you guys wouldn't know half of them. And, you know, depending on how into the NBA our listeners are, I figured we'd just go with the top handful there and good. So it looks like for us, Paul Pierce is the only one that's going to get in for sure. 
all, all of us. No, he he definitely won't just because. <laughs> yeah, because of Josh's like how he is. He's he's kind of a dick. Yeah, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Sure, it does. Look at To. He didn't get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, for sure. It did, and it if you if you're not good with the writers. They're the guys getting you, voting you in, right? So, yeah. and then you guys all think Bosch will get in. I just, I think he's gonna have to wait a year. Like, I wasn't a big fan of Bosch, but still a Raptor legend. Yep, for sure. Yeah, two championships, part of the big three in Miami. So, while I was looking up some of the Raptor stats uh, and the all-time stats, I came across the uh, Raptor with the most triple doubles in history, in Raptor history, and of course, it's Kyle Lowry. He has sixteen triple doubles as as a raptor the second place person on the raptors has three three (laughs) that blew my mind when i saw it so my question to you guys here is do you know who it is uh i'm gonna go with stoudemire because maybe i don't know okay i'm I'm going with Kawhi. Kawhi? I think you did, did it all. Okay, and Kev, who do you think? You better not be looking it up before you answer. No, 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 I'm looking outside. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking at anything up. My hands are right here. <laughs> no, I'd have to go with Stoudemire as well. I mean, you got to go think back to where they were playing in the, the Dome. I mean, I think, you know. Did you guys ever go to a game in the Dome? Nope. No, I saw the in the ACC I did, though. When did they stop playing in the Dome? I don't know. I was young. I went to one game. I was in like grade four. I think I was probably like fucking 11 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And I would have been like, what, 22 then? No, he's been like 40s. (laughs) Anyway, it was, it was Mighty Mouse. It was Damon Sotomayor. Nice. With three. That is just crazy though. 16 and then three. That's wild. Like I know he's got nine years as a, as a rap, but, and, and that was the other thing too, that kind of blew my mind was, He's only had 16 in nine years. Like that isn't very many. That's two a year. Like, you know, so. Yeah, but he's not, he's not like those. He's not the rebounding guy. That's the big thing, right? Exactly. Although he does get quite a few defensive rebounds. I was going to say, doesn't he, the triple double includes like steals and stuff like that, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, points, yeah, assists, so, steals, or rebounds. So he's, he's pretty any, good at stealing the ball. Yeah, yeah. Any of those, I believe it's any of those four. If you get mm-hmm. three of them in double digits, it counts as a triple double. Well, Stoudemire was like what four foot nothing. I'm just stating just because he was so yeah. small to the ground that he can sit there maybe and just five take point, it. maybe five <laughs> one. But yeah, he was so small to the ground he can just sit there and just steal the ball. But yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. So, so the reason I bring that up is because on. Uh, I believe it was Saturday. The NBA had five triple doubles in one night, which I had no idea uh, about until I just, I think you, you had mentioned it earlier. And and that's crazy that that that's a record. Like I figured that, that, that would have happened, but being that it hasn't, it was really cool to see it happen. And some pretty decent names on that list. Yeah. And in the one game, they had two guys with Giannis and Westbrook. Right. Yeah, just, Westbrook put up forty some odd points in that game, and I think Giannis had thirty three. Like it was a it was a battle between those two guys for yeah, sure. And and uh, Giannis came storming back. They were down a bunch and played well. Yep. So we had Giannis, Westbrook, Harden, Randall, and uh, Sabonis, who won the uh, Skills Championship in the All Star Game, uh, all got triple doubles there on Saturday. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And it seems like triple doubles are more common. It just you know maybe that's just me. I don't know. But you, Maybe it's because yeah. when every time you every time somebody gets one, they always talk about it, so it, it always seems like it's in the news, but uh, obviously isn't. Well, it's it, it is easier now because they call more fouls and stuff like that, and you can't the it's harder to get the defensive stats now, more or less. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, it, I'm not surprised because the game's changed where they call it. It'll be interesting come uh, playoffs because obviously playoffs refs swallow the whistle and you won't see as many triple doubles and stuff like that. It's I, I think it's better basketball. We're going to go ahead into football, which it's been a two-year experience trying to sign Dak Prescott to the Cowgirls. Finally got it done. Finally got Overbed. it done. Yep. Overpaid. Yep. Well, Josh is a pretty big uh, fan of Dak. I am. And I agree with Peter. You overpaid, but at the same time, that's what it is for a, a quarterback. And he could have signed, a, like, I think $34 million after uh, golf uh, last year, but he said he wanted $40 million, and he fucking got it. So I'm, he played that perfectly, even with that gruesome, oh. gruesome injury. <laughs> I watched where, that. Like it looked, looked like his leg was gone. I just, I watched facing, that game. Be, yeah, facing the other side of the field when he was looking right at it. I, re- it was, I rewinded it like three times just to watch it over and over and over. See, I only watched it once. Oh, yeah, was man, awesome. I can only watch it once for sure. Oh, that, that was fucking Mormon. That was more of a sadist. That was that was so cool. But uh, since we're talking about being overpaid, it was four years, 160 million, 26 of it guaranteed. So that's a lot of money for a guy that I don't even know if he's in the top 10. Oh, I think he, I think he's top 10. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know, man. He's not top five, but he is top 10 in Peter's opinion. It's, it, it's tough. I wouldn't be surprised you see next year he's top five in passing yards. He might be, but he's got a pretty good offense. The only issue is is that O-line is getting old. Yeah. He doesn't have the same O-line which he had when he first started out. And another guy that's getting old and slow is Zeke. Hey, don't be talking shit about my fantasy. Sorry, bud, man. He's (laughs) He had a down year. Yeah, well, that's because Dak wasn't there. Like, seriously, that's because Dak wasn't there. I mean, yeah. what, what do they have to do? They don't have to protect against the pass when you have Danucci and and uh, the Red Rifle in there. Like, yeah, um, it, it's still <laughs> it's still a lot of money for them, and it's a lot of money. Like I said, I think he's going to end up being top five at least in yards next year. Maybe not in touchdowns, but so Josh, do you think he's going to be top a top five quarterback next year? Obviously, you think he's going to be a top five in yards. Yards. Oh yeah, I'll say he's a top five quarterback next year. Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to include some people in this. Okay. All right, so you got A-Rod. Yep. You got Josh Allen. Yep. Lamar Jackson. No, I don't think he's going to be top five at all. Really? Yeah. He's he a reigning this. MVP, man. Yeah. Well, not this year, the year before. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. And then Patty Mahomes. Yep. And then you got Tom. Uh, Tom. Yep, so there's four. And the next guy's Dak. And it probably goes in that order, except for maybe, I mean, obviously, no, Mahomes is number one. Well, yeah, but uh, what are the, what are the what are the four you said again, real quick? A Rod, Allen, Mahomes, Brady, and then what Dak. about Wilson? Wilson's better than Dak. Come on. Yeah, I, I agree with Wilson. I mean, I'd rather have Wilson on the Bears than uh, Dak. I guess you got Watson too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Stafford's gonna be better than him. Ooh. Yeah, I, he might be top 10, but he's not going to be th- top five, I don't think. I think he will be. But I think those six that we listed before Stafford 
are all better than Dak. Would we not agree? No. Yep. He, Josh. I don't think Lamar is as good as he's, you know. Lamar was. I don't think Lamar was on there. Yeah. He he didn't agree with Lamar. I I think Lamar is. I think Lamar is there. I thought there was six other than Lamar. Well, there's a bunch that we've named off. So. Yeah. But there, you can, like I said, Stafford, uh, Kyler Murray's starting to come get up there. I think as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like obviously, we. I don't think Wentz is going to be there, and and golf and. No, there's Joe Burrow and those and Herbert, but I don't think they're going to be top five. I think so. Herbert might might be in, up there. I think Herbert is is special. I think he's he can throw a ball, and oh, uh, he I think he's going to be pretty good. It's going to be interesting to see how he is with the a new coordinator, uh, Lombardi, which I I think I don't think he's going to be as good as Pep Hamilton that was there as the offensive coordinator, but it's. It's going to be interesting. I, I, like I said, like you're paying top dollar for, for a quarterback, no matter what. Yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. What the bears are paying fools. (laughs) (laughs) How much is it? Is it like, it's like 20. Uh, It's not a good amount. I don't know what it is offhand, but it's high. Yeah. But like, I think it'll be interesting because you're saying that he's going to be top five quarterback, but I don't know who's going to win that division. You th- like obviously, I would think I gotta say that yeah, he, if he ends up being a top five QB, they win the division pretty handily, I would think. But that re- the defense has to rebound. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, like lots of if ands or buts, right? But uh, and I don't know, like Giants might be coming along, uh, and it depends on Washington is kind of who knows what they're doing at quarterback, right? So Heineke, bud. <laughs> yeah, is that who it's gonna be? <laughs> he he was the best one to give uh, Tom. Brady are running for the, yeah. his money in the playoffs. So, but uh, yeah, it, that that division's a mess. So we've we've talked about at least ten quarterbacks here. So where's Cam? Where does he rank for you guys? Boy, I don't know. He's in the top twenty. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, he yeah. signed a a one year deal back with New England. Stupid. Don't like it. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's doing anything for them. He won't do anything for New England. Okay, Kev, who do you suggest? What do I suggest for New England? Yeah, what do they do? For a quarterback? Yep. Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just fuck Brady, it's fuck New England, right? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> we, See, I, I think we all didn't mind Brady. It was all, yeah. it was just, we didn't like Boston. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think they had no choice. I agree. Yeah, what are their other choices? A guy like Fitzmagic, and who might retire? Yeah, and oh, so you might oh, as well oh, bring you might as well bring a guy in that at least knows your system. You bring him back, he, you know, thirteen and a half million up to. That's nothing know, for a quarterback, right? And that's all. A lot of it is incentive based, I believe. So you know, is he a placeholder for another year? Are they going to draft another quarterback? Are they going to hope to maybe have Stidham actually come out and play? You know, I mean, I think Sidham and, and Cam are two different types of quarterbacks. So the learning, he's not, he's not going to learn the same type of stuff he would learn from a sit back in the pocket quarterback. But is that their plan? You know, are they going to draft another quarterback this year? I, I don't know. I think they're going to try and get another quarterback, but Stidham is not the answer. And they, and they know that. So that, that's why they went with Cam because they were like, who yeah, else? It's a band aid. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, the other guy maybe would have been Garoppolo. That would have been the other guy I think that they could have looked to look to bring in because he, he knows the system and, and whatnot. But Ooh. evidently they wanted to keep rolling with Cam. Isn't Alex Smith left? Didn't he, didn't he leave uh, Washington? He got cut. Okay, then, then why wouldn't you have grabbed him? Because I think teams are worried about him getting injured again. Yeah, if He takes one hit wrong way, he could end his career potentially again, you know, as they said. But this time would be, I think, for, for sure if something were to happen and – you know, Ron, I think Ron Rivera was said like he didn't really want to be the guy that put Alex Smith back in harm's way. He did, you know, because he kind of had to, but he was worried that he was going to get hurt again and, you know, could potentially affect the rest of his life. So, yeah. And just speaking with that Garoppolo thing, like he's still with San Fran, signed with San Fran. Oh, they would have had to make a trade for sure. So that would be pretty interesting, though, that he jumps from New England because they, because uh, San Fran trade for him yep. for a second round pick. And then goes back to him. That would have been be, crazy, but that would have been pretty funny. I don't see that happening now with Cam there. So no, and um, yeah, I I think they're gonna try one more time to to roll with Garoppolo and see what he can do if he can stay healthy because obviously he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, speaking of getting hurt a lot, Matt Milano signs a four-year deal, forty-four million in Buffalo. Another guy on my fantasy team. Uh, really like this guy. He's a great player. Top end uh, linebacker, but cannot stay on the field. And, you know, is $11 million a year too much for a guy that's going to play 10, 12 games? Maybe not. See, I think he's a great linebacker. He is. He's a great linebacker. He's just injury prone. He is injury prone, but he took a discount to stay with Buffalo. I think. Yeah, I think he could have gotten a way more on that open market there. Like, if you're looking at, like, what the salaries are for, like, the most – a linebacker can make per year. It's Wagner at 18 million. And he signed for 11. 11. Yeah. And he's in his prime. Like, yeah, he, he gets injured here and there and stuff like that. But when he's on the field, he is dynamite. Yeah. I mean, he's no, he's not Bobby Wagner, but he is a good, good linebacker. So. He could, he could step up huge uh, this coming year as long as he's yeah. healthy. Hey, I hope so, man. I hope so. I could use the fantasy points. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of guys there that uh, are getting paid way more than him. Like I'm looking at it right now and he is the top 20th paid inside linebacker or sorry, linebacker. So they're including outside linebacker here, mm-hmm. but I think, I think he could have gotten a lot more, but he obviously, and with this season and the, and the cap going down again, he's looking to win a championship. It's kind of weird that he signed for a four-year deal. I thought he would just sign for like a one or, one or two-year deal. He's still fairly young, isn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm. It's wondering like you you want to hit the market and and um, at, in your prime, right, to get the most money. Yeah, like you said, he's he obviously has looked at that uh, lineup and the roster and said this is championship caliber with a few you know, tweaks sure. here and there, and you know, do what you can. And, and as we've seen all week, guys are taking less money to be able to build build around that person or, or to help add more players, you know, Brady just restructured Patrick Mahomes just restructured or is in talks to restructure Brandon cooks restructured is he is you know, a little less of a cap hit there for him compared to these quarterbacks. But it's good to see, in my opinion, that these guys are taking less money to build around them so that they can have that ch- chance to win a championship. See, I don't think it's to build around them. I think it's to um, get underneath the cap. Well, some guys are getting, they're trying to, some teams are trying to get under the cap by, by restructuring these, but it's also allowing, you know, them to 
you know, so if Mahomes saves 17 million, I don't know how far they're over the cap, but maybe that's into to bring in, like they've released a couple other guys. So they've saved 36 some odd million. Are they that far over the cap or did, are they using some of that to bring in a potentially other guy? Right. I don't know. It, it, I don't have the numbers in front of me or, or saw, but they were a lot of teams were over the cap and everything like that by like maybe not 38 million or 36 million, whatever you said. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, I think they were like 20 million over or something like that above 20 million or something. But that was the whole reason for that Mahomes signing that half, half a billion dollar deal last year was because they knew they can restructure. Now they didn't know this pandemic would happen and, and this would happen, but the whole, the whole idea of that, that contract was to restructure it later on because he was making 45 million a year. And we just said that uh, Prescott just got a $40 million first. And that was for second in the league. So, and then speaking of Mahomes and everything like that, like uh, they lost their, their uh, left tackle and their right tackle and uh, uh, Jake Fisher and, and Mitchell Schwartz. Now, neither of these guys were in the, in the Super Bowl. And we all saw how bad that O-line was, was in that Super Bowl. Mahomes running around the way he was. And now they just lost a lot of talent. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound and replace the, the O-line there. Because they're going to have to go probably young. Rook, like Maybe not rookies, but like dig deep into their depth and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, it's, it's been uh, kind of refreshing. What, no matter the reason to see these guys take a little less money to play uh, – I like it. I think more, more guys should do that. You're already a fucking multimillionaire. What's a few million dollars, you know, although you take a look at the other side, you got JJ Watt who signed last week there and he went where the money was and not potentially taking a, a discount to help keep continue build around or to get under that cap. So either way, uh, just a few years ago, you wouldn't have seen all these restructures, no matter what the reason you guys wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have all the, players would say, no, screw you. Give me the money. Cause it's, but it's a totally different, uh, seems like it's a totally different league now with, with when it comes to money. Sure. Everybody wants their big paycheck, but they're willing to move things around to get to that potential championship. Right. It was like Tom Brady. He, he took a lot less money to help with the cap and he did it again this year. Yep. Saving 19 million. There's somehow yep. a four year extension. But Sorry. yeah, but it was voided to a one year. It was a yeah. weird thing. Like with Tom. He, I, I could not understand it at all. That one was even like, and, and that's the thing with Tom Brady is like they also said that he had like money in uh, Gillette Stadium and stuff like that, and that's how they they paid him like like Robert Kraft like made it so he owned like uh, stores within Gillette Stadium or around it or something like <laughs> that. It was it's it's a it, there's nothing proven, but it was weird because he's only been like. The number one quarterback, like I think, like once paid, and he's been in the league for over twenty years. And you wonder why he keeps winning, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe he keeps taking cuts so that he can build around him. And there's extra money there to put all these extra guys on. And you get all these quarterbacks that want forty million dollars a year, and they wonder why they can't win because they got no other players around them. Right, and that's why they talk about the rookie deal contract for quarterbacks and that window opening up, right? Because yeah. you're paying them absolutely nothing yeah. for like. Uh, Herbert and he, I know you didn't like like uh, Jackson, but they're paying him nothing, kind of thing like that. Yeah. Yep. So, and uh, Greg Olson and Tom, uh, Thomas Davis retire as Panthers finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> uh, last year was rough for both of them. Like 
Greg Olson, I think, is going to be. Uh, I've heard him in the box already as a commentator. I think he's going to be like the next uh, Tony Tony Romo. Nice. I think he's going to be. Hey, as long as he's not a, like the next Jason Witten. <laughs> no, he was injured. I don't know. If, I think it was the 2018 season, and he went up and he got a was put on the IR, and he went up in the booth or something like that with a three man or something like that. And what he was saying was, I was like, huh. It was uh, it was neat to hear what he had to say in his perspective on the game. Especially the blocking assignments; those were pretty neat to hear. It's not the most glorious area to talk about, but it was neat to. He's like saying who's coming, which direction, if there's going to be a stunt, and all this right. stuff like that. Like, it was, and he could just notice it by like their hand gestures and stuff like that. So these guys make the Hall of Fame. I see Davis. I was going to say, yeah, Davis. See, I think Olson will make it. I have no idea. <laughs> With Olsen, there's not that many tight ends, right? So and he's been a top top tight end for a lot of years. So I would think he makes it, and probably Thomas Davis does too. Maybe both of them, maybe not first ballot, but I would think Olsen will make it. But I think uh, Thomas will get there first. But he also was playing alongside uh, Luke Keekley too, right, uh-huh. for a majority of his career. So he opened up a lot of areas for him to go and make the for tackles sure and everything like that. Yep. Speaking up of making stuff up. Have you guys all heard that the CFL may actually merge with the XFL? And this is, uh, again, something that may come across out in um, 2022. They're still talking. Dwayne Johnson, I think, has a, a good step of trying to have this actually come together. One, he played in the CFL with um, the BC Lions. The other thing that I had was that um, the CFL actually did play uh, 1993 to 1995, they had uh, about, I don't know, maybe four, five teams in the uh, in the States for the CFL, some being Sacramento Gold Miners, Baltimore Stallions, which actually won the Grey Cup in 1995, Las Vegas Posse. There's uh, just a, a few. Las Vegas Posse? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any of these things. Did they play just regular CFL rules? Like three, yeah. three down regular football CFL. and... Yep, three down football, and I think that's why it didn't really last so well. Um, is because that states don't want three downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they they don't want a twenty yard end zone. They don't want you know a wider field. But I feel if this is going to work, you're going to have to shrink your end zone, put it to fifteen. I'd say you shrink your size of your football, not to the NFL, not to the CFL, but maybe it's just in between, in between them. <laughs> I would like to see it only because it will might help the CFL out now, but I don't know. I don't think the States is ready for a three down football. It'll be really interesting to see what this actually means in terms of what happens. Cause the three down piece is the biggest piece of what makes CFL football, what it is. Yeah. It's the biggest real difference between the CFL game and the, the American game. Well, and an extra player. Yeah, I think the three downs is a lot more significant than the extra player. But yes, and uh, like it'll be really interesting to see. I get why the CFL is trying to do this because they're a a gate-driven league and they weren't crazy successful to begin with and then a pandemic hit. And so they're, I'm sure they're in tough shape right now. So they're trying to do this. We don't know what exactly what they're going to do. I think they just... The CFL and the XFL released a joint at the same time statement saying alignment or some shit like that. 
And I think it just said alignment. I don't think it said merge. But so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can find a middle ground that won't completely fucking lose all the hardcore CFL fans. Because there are a bunch, but still make it appealing to the XFL kind of fans. I don't know what that's going to look like. Because as soon as you get rid of three downs and you go to four, I think... You just got rid of the CFL. Yeah, fucking John in Winnipeg, who's a fucking Blue Bomber fan, is going to be fucking tapping out because you just ruined his game. Yep. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where that goes and what it means for uh, diehard CFL fans. But uh, they might be in for a bit of a rude awakening, unfortunately. So there's actually evidence of Americans not liking three-down football. If you're so used to the NFL... I mean, now you're going to have this. They've had arena football. They've had XFL. They've had the AAF. Like, they've had a bunch of different footballs, and they all have different rules here and there. Are they all still successful? No. 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 They've all but failed. The, no. The, the right. CFL is still there. Obviously, this year hurt a bunch. Or last year, sorry. Hurt a bunch. But there's a lot of Americans that play CFL. That's because they can't make the NFL. Exactly. If they can get, if the players can get used to it, why can't fans? No, I don't know. It's like Josh said, it's, like it's a bigger field. There's way more passing in it. There's these different rules where you, the punts and everything like that. You have, they have to catch the punt. They can't, they, or yeah, they, they can't. Yeah, not. they have to, but the, the players around them have to give them five yards. Right. Now we played Peter and I, and I guess Josh probably did too. It was a three down football in high school and everything like that. And the rules were pretty fun. And one of these uh, times I remember was like one of the first games. I don't, I don't know if it was doing my victory lap in high school or if it was the grade 12, but uh, I was on the field for the entire half, just fucking pooched. And they kicked it in the end zone to get the point. And we, you picked it we, up and we, it back we out. were told to kick it out and the punter had a chance at it. And I was behind him. I was walking off the field. I was exhausted. <laughs> so he touched it and I was five yards away from it and I caught it and there was no one in front of me, but he caught up to me because I was just gassed. And like, those are the kind of like, obviously players shouldn't be dogging it like how I was, but I was, you shouldn't be on the field for a full fucking half in, in football to begin with. Jesse was a big time dog fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was, uh, so I got caught from behind and everything like that. And I had an opportunity that I could have just kicked in the end zone because I got caught like at the 20-yard line and I could have gotten us a point. We ended up getting shut out that game. But I could have gotten us that point there, but I was dehydrated. <laughs> I also remember what I thought you were going to say. One game, our best offense, because let's be honest, we weren't very good. Our best offense was punting the ball. Because I think, <laughs> I think twice – we punted it and recovered a fumble or something and our offense couldn't move the ball at all, but twice on a punt, I think we advanced we, it like 40 the, yards. We got in the red zone <laughs> twice off of two fumbles because the guy couldn't catch the ball. And our punter was a soccer player who could kick it pretty far. I, I, I That's why I, I don't think the third down rule is that big of a deal, tell you the truth. I think the, the, they've already dealt with it before when it was in the they had teams in the states of the CFL, and I like. Do you, do you see this actually going? Then do you see this actually? The CFL needs money. Happening. The CFL needs money, so that they're they're looking for an investor. So, 
if they if they merge, I'm sure there'll be some brutal changes, like you said. But I, like Peter said, it'd be a hard point for CFL to to give up their third down. Third down, yeah. I, I don't I don't see them doing that either. I can see them shortening the fields. I can see that, but I don't see them giving up the third down. Going into our curling for the uh, wild card pool, uh, he gets an automatic uh, round to the finals at eight thirty. Uh, we have the uh, we have the 231 going on right now. Uh, you got the Alberta with uh, Botcher and Saskatchewan with, um, what is it, uh, Dunstone? They're playing right now, I believe, or it could be over. But that that goes on at 830. Uh, don't know who really is going to win that one or or how's uh, the uptake. Yeah, they were tied, Alberta and Saskatchewan. They were tied after the round robin. Uh, so then they play in that in the semi and then go to play Cooey tonight. Yeah, I don't know who the favorite would be. Like, I think they were both tied at eight and four. I believe was their their record throughout the round robin. So I think they're pretty even. So it should be a pretty good match. And like I said, Kevin should be on right now. Probably still going. It's probably probably three quarters of the way through, I would think. But whoever wins that, we'll move on to the finals tonight against Kevin Cooey, uh, who is a wild card team. Which normally he's uh, he's one of the top end guys. I'm surprised to see him as a wild card as opposed to a a, a provincial team. But uh, we shall see tonight, and uh, and then that pretty much wraps up curling for a year because the only two major tournaments, other than Olympics, are uh, are the Scotties and the Briar, at Scotties. least in Canada. So yeah, um, but we'll be be sure to bring it up if there is another big tournament. But and uh, speaking of other tournaments, a UFC fight night, like the fight night, they actually had two Canadians on uh, on this card, Charles um, Jordan. They like to call him like um, Air Jordan because he likes to use the whole entire ring. He uh, usually jumps off the fences and throws kicks or punches. Uh, he actually defeats uh, defeated um, Marcalo Rojo, I believe, in the third round as a TKO. He, he was he was dummied. He was just exhausted. The guy couldn't finish, so the ref just covered him and said, "Yeah, you win." The uh, other Canadian actually came from uh, Newfoundland. He actually lost within 22 seconds into the first round as a TKO. He just stepped into Buddy's punch. Dan, uh, I don't want to mess up his last name, but I'll just go with the first. Dan defeated uh, Gallon or Ga. Is it Ig or Idge? Um, I'll, I'll mess it up. I don't care. Idge, Ig, Ig, Idge. Idge, yeah. EJ. EJ. It's I-G-E for anyone listening. We, we don't know how to say that. And uh, Gowan Tucker, um, Newfoundlander, like I said, just stepped right into Buddy's punch. 22 seconds in, first round TKO. Uh, that was uh, – <laughs> I laughed. I mean, <laughs> head down trying to go for a punch. Ding. Night, night. Uh, the main event, though, didn't last uh, too long either. Um, into the second round, 18 seconds into it, uh, an accidental thumb to the eye. Leon Edwards was um, – should have won this game. Should have won it, but his thumb went into uh, Mahama um, – Muhammad's eye actually got pretty bloody. His eye was actually, you know, bleeding. Uh, so that was, uh, was it a no contest. So there's no one, no winner out of that one. Unfortunate. But that's what I had for the uh, XFL, CFL curling and uh, good old UFC fight night. So for the no winner, like what happens? Are they just trying to reschedule another time or? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. It was just a non deflected thumb into Buddy's eye. It was never, it wasn't like intentional, like Buddy's um, title loss with the knee to the head. How would that work from a betting standpoint? If you bet on Edwards, he didn't win, 
Well, either did Muhammad there. So if you bet on either one of those to win, you get your money back or do you lose? Cause they didn't win. They're either you lose. I guess if it was a, dis- like uh, if it was a no decision, I would think it goes to the house. Yeah. I would think it'd be a push more or less. Yeah. I would think so too. But... I mean, I don't bet on UFC that very often. I more bet on boxing if I would, but only on the big fights just cause it's more fun. Oh yeah. These ones, like the fight night ones, you'll see more Canadians and, and such involved than you would than the big yeah, ones. Title fights. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Crazy that there's seems like there's way more MMA and UFC bouts now than there are boxing bouts. Like when was la- the last large like big card boxing? Like was it Pacquiao and Mayweather? Like was that the last big one? I was gonna say Connor McDavid and <laughs> challenge Michelle. Yeah, he just got that one. <laughs> Connor McGregor, not fucking Mayweather, not uh, McDavid. <laughs> uh, Jesse throws his head back. Fuck. Rolls his eyes. Yeah. I don't know. I did. Another one I missed speaking. Lose a point on. Gotcha. Hey, we need a challenge. We need a challenge. Yeah, we had to. You had to take that one for the team. I think Kev loses on his challenge too, or the 42 years old, because that's not even close. But it's not even close. You lose too, because you said the incorrect too. I mean, I was closer, but I'll take a fucking, I'll take a minus. I don't give a fuck. Well, who was who won? What? How old is fucking? I don't know. Did we? Did anybody actually look? LeBron. It up? I never looked it up. I, I thought Kevin said it was 36. No, he was guessing again. Oh. I said he was 37. Kev said he was 42. <laughs> well, I know how actually how old he is, but he's yeah. 36. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. Because Kevy said he's a dog. Yeah, he's your wife. 36. So who won? I mean, that's up 30. to you and Jesse because Kevin and I are in on the on the challenge. So can can, can no one either. can nobody win a challenge? Can everybody lose? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it'd be two negatives. All right, you both suck. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so all right, okay. Well, I guess. Josh, you should have just let that one lie. I should have. I should have. <laughs> yeah. I I thought he was 37 though, actually. So. What do you guys want to tell me who's in your penalty box this week since I got another fucking minus on the... I would like to. I would like to start with mine just because I have uh, might have to bounce. I got my daughter's birthday today. I'll uh, start off with uh, the PGA. I've got uh, Jordan Spieth just about taking out uh, Sabatini. He did yell for I mean, it wasn't like uh, something that was uh, done purposely. Obviously, it's golf. Took his swing, didn't wait for the extra tee box on the right-hand side, and ball hits a tree, just about to hit Sabatini. He ducks, he dodges. Uh, may have messed up his uh, next shot uh, because uh, Sabatini's next shot was quite shit. <laughs> and uh, Spieth did kind of put himself to blame for it, so that's why you're in my box there, bud. Yeah, have you guys ever been hit with a ball? On the I have hit course? someone with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah rusty got me in the leg the one time yeah, i've been hit too i was uh, your dad came close yeah yeah my dad almost got hit in the noggin he got hit in the shoulder yeah i remember i was out with buddy graham and he i must have been ahead of him but not that much and he shot his ball and hit me right in the fucking calf i think i got a big ass a big welt on my leg i'm pretty sure i took a picture of it i guess that just shows you shouldn't go Shouldn't walk ahead of the the shortest shot, right? <laughs> Wait for the guy. But in this case, especially if it's Graham and it's yeah. going fucking straight to the left. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Sabatini, I mean, he didn't, he was ahead. You know, it, it, this one is on, uh, this one is on speed in my opinion, but Hey, it is what it is. Shit happens. So. Yeah. All right. So my box, I mentioned it earlier, the, uh, the Leafs game on Saturday night and don't get me wrong. I do think that the Leafs deserve to lose that game on Saturday night, regardless of what I'm about to get into. They didn't play good enough. But the refs in that game and the calls at the end of the game were horseshit. So first, there's an interference called on Morgan Riley, uh, drawn by Nikolai Ehlers. And this play, so somebody on Winnipeg, not Ehlers, uh, flicked the puck up high in the air up over um, Riley's head and he's looking at the puck and he's trying to either make a play on it in the air or see where it's going to come down and Ehlers beelines it directly into Riley. So as he comes into contact with them, Riley gets his hands up to defend himself because he's surprised that somebody's skating into him. Ehlers goes down and Riley takes an interference penalty, which is horseshit. And Ehlers, I'm pretty sure, did this on purpose because he's a fucking clever little bastard. And he knew that that would happen. So he skated right into him, got knocked down. Garbage interference call. Ehlers was looking right at Riley. Riley was looking up at this fucking Raptors. Did anybody have the puck? No. So how can either one of them be called an interference penalty? Because watching it full speed, it looks like Riley hits Ehlers. Because he gets his hands up to defend himself and knocks Ehlers down. But, but do you have fun. to have the puck for it to be an interference call? You have to not have the puck for it to be an interference yeah. call. I was going to say challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think it was incidental, more or less. Yeah. Well, it was, I, don't think he, I don't think it he, was intentional he ever, by Ehlers. <laughs> I, I think it was incidental, more or less. He like I get that he's trying to defend himself too, but yeah. he, 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 he should just – just be continue looking up there, and if he takes the shot, he get the the penalty will be on Ehlers. Yeah, but it's just fucking human nature to just fucking holy shit, someone's in front of me. I'm gonna defend myself. Anyway, garbage call number one. Then after they kill that penalty, there's something like four minutes left in the game, and they pull the goalie. The Leafs do because they're down two goals, and there's a faceoff in the Jets' end. The Leafs win the faceoff back. And Hyman sort of casually sets a pick on one or two of the Jets players. So that's something that happens all the time in a hockey game. He just sort of skates in front of them and don't, doesn't let them get back to the point where the puck is. And that gets called as interference with, you know, four minutes left, goalies pulled, six on five, exciting part of the game, another garbage penalty for interference again. And so Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Leafs, is losing his mind over this penalty essentially saying this happens 50 times a game in any hockey game. And the ref is deciding to be a hero and make that call now while it's six on five, trying to make the final comeback in the game, you know, most exciting part of the game. And it's just a garbage call. Um, Keith got assigned a bench miner for telling the ref to go fuck a hat more or less. And so it was a five on three. And after that, the Jets scored on that game was over. Game was probably over anyway, but we will never know because of the horse shit refing. And that's why they're in my box. Well, there you go. Yeah. Damn refs. Always fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers. Who's in your box, Josh? So in my box this week, I've got the Madison Square Garden security. So Patrick Ewing was at Madison Square Garden for the Big East Championship 
uh, tournament. Uh, he is the coach of his alma mater, Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, so he was walking through the halls at MSG and was reportedly stopped by security guards asking for his credentials. Now, on the surface, that doesn't sound bad, but let's put this into perspective. You're in New York. You're in Madison Square Garden. The man you're talking to is 7'1", probably close to 300 pounds. He looks an awful lot like Patrick Ewing, and you're asking this guy for his credentials. Like, clearly, it's Patrick Ewing. You, I mean, he doesn't look any different now than he did back in the 80s and 90s when he played for, for the Knicks. So for me, these guys in security, although, you, like I said, you could just say they're doing their job, you got to know who Patrick Ewing is. I mean, I would know who Patrick Ewing is walking down the street just just based on his size alone. You don't see that many seven-foot-one guys that look like a big old basketball player. Uh, so, you know, this has been talked about a bunch. Spike Lee, who in the past has been an avid uh, Knicks fan, he had a falling out with the owner and whatnot, so he apparently is, is no longer a season ticket holder, but that is besides the point. But he said, can you imagine if Derek Jeter was stopped from entering in Yankee Stadium? He said, or how about Michael Jordan entering the United Center? Now, Patrick Ewing doesn't have the top-end skill level of the Michael Jordan and the Derek Jeter, respectively, but he is the best New York Nick of all time. And I just don't see how you cannot recognize this guy. I don't care how young you are and how old he is and how you don't know. If, if you're working at Madison Square Garden, that should be part of your training would be like, here's Charles <laughs> Oakley. Here's Patrick Ewing. Here's Spike Lee. Leave these guys alone. <laughs> you know, like, you would think he has like, there's pictures in the hall. Exactly. There so like, what, what uh, Ewing said was, is, is my number not up in the rafters? Like, like, how like, do you not know who I am? I just thought it was pretty crazy that that these guys don't, you know, security don't know who, who Ewing is. And sure, he's not there for a, a Knicks reason, but he's there because of the NCAA and whatnot. But so MSG security, you're in the box. You got to know who who the greatest player in your organization or, or or that ever played Nick basketball in that building was, and uh, and so on and so forth. So. Like I said, I think uh, I think the security's crazy. They got to know who who Ewing is, and that's why they're in my box. Man, he even had a, a pair of shoes. Like not too many guys get shoes, especially in the '90s. It was Mike and Patrick. That was it. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, Jesse, who's in your box? Uh, I'm gonna put Torts in there for benching Patrick Line again against Florida Panthers on March 11th. He again didn't let him play for the third period. But six minutes and 34 seconds, nor anything in overtime. Now, Columbus was winning this four to one, and Line A did allow two goals to get up to four three when he was on there. So essentially, Torts was trying not to lose the game, is what it looks like. So once you get into overtime, you would think you would put your best player out there. Like, I know he hasn't been hot shit playing with Columbus and everything like that, and he had a bit of a scoreless drought, but still, like, he's still a great player and a goal score, which why isn't he playing in OT? Yeah, I, I get it in when they're defending a lead because he is, he is a one-dimensional player. Like, he's an offensive player. And in the other end of the ice, he's yeah, not, bit of a liability, not so hot. Yeah, yeah. But once the game, I don't know how long the game was tied for near the end. And yeah, in overtime, that's 
that seems like a bad decision to not have your best goal scorer out there. Well, isn't this the second time he's been benched too? Yep. With Torts, like begs the question: Who's going to last longer? I know. You know my answer. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just Kevin that thought that Torts would last longer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's why he's my penalty box. I just, I just don't think he, like Peter said he defensively, yeah, not so good, and gave up. He was on the ice for two of the goals, but you still need to play him. Yeah, when you're in a sudden fresh, fresh legs and stuff like yeah, that. When you're in sudden death. Uh, uh, point in the game and you have a top end scoring guy you definitely gotta have put him on the bench or sorry on the on the ice no matter what happened uh, previously in that game like you said b- before overtime at the end of the game no problem because he is he is that one one dimensional offensive guy so i got no problem with him being benched there but when you need that goal in overtime you gotta play him yeah i think he had a golden assist that game too like he was playing well <laughs> and and the well Except for his rating. Well, he would have been even. Well, I guess right. so, yeah. But still, if, if you look at it too, he's who, – who's, whose fault is it at this point who, who blows a 4-1 lead? The coach or one player? Well, it, it all could, depends. Yeah, and it could be one player if, if it was – if he made the turnover. Maybe if it was the goalie. Well, if you turn it over, right? If you turn it over in the slot twice, that's your fault, not the goalie's fault, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I think I think that relies more on the, uh, the coaching, more or less, because – Obviously, if Line A is going to play defense, you got to somehow coach him up to like play a little bit better in the in the third period at the end there because you still need his uh, scoring potential. Especially like if they have an empty net, like you want that that guy out there too because he's fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. But that's why he's in my penalty box. All right, so those are penalty box for the week. Um, I just want to go over one, actually two things before we go through our points of penalty scores. First off. March Madness is starting up uh, on Thursday. Uh, tonight is the final selection process uh, for the last handful of teams that are going to get in. So we are going to make all of our picks and I will post them up on our social medias so that everybody can see what our picks are. And then maybe we'll do something where whoever gets the most correct teams right over the, over the course of the tournament Maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to figure it out exactly, but maybe we'll give the winner. We'll get three points towards our points and penalties uh, score something like that. And then if you choose the correct winner, uh, say you choose Michigan to win the whole thing and they do, then you'll maybe get an additional three points and maybe just a little something extra for our points and penalties scores that I thought could be pretty fun since we won't be able to really talk about too many of the games because a lot of them are going to be, I mean, we're only on one day a week, so it'd be pretty tough to talk about some of these games. So at least we can have a little fun with it. Uh, none of us are huge into the NCAA basketball. So some of these picks will be fly by night. We'll be picking them because we like their colors or the name, the team name, like, you know, like some of the, like, like Loyola, Loyola, Chicago. I'll be taking them just because of their, their cool name. <laughs> you know, Gonzaga, they get a pick for me because they got a cool name. <laughs> so even Xavier, if they make it. Um, so anyway, I think that that'll be something fun that, uh, that we'll do. And we'll have those up for you uh, before Thursday so that everybody knows we're not cheating. And again, we'll maybe just add a few points to our, to our points and penalties scores. We won't take any away for, or maybe we should take something away for the person who gets the least amount, but we'll talk about that off air. We'll, we'll figure it all out. And we'll, in the post, we'll let you know exactly how that's going to work for the points and penalties scores. Let's be honest. You're just trying to find a way to catch up on your points of penalty scores and get yeah, out of the basement. You're right. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but why not do this? I think it'll be fun. It should be a good time. We can chirp each other. Right. Over things that we don't know. <laughs> well, 
That's the last thing I want to go over before we go get into the scores for today and for the season is our Murphy's Law giveaway winner. Uh, so we had our giveaway. We asked you to follow us on one of the social media outlets uh, and comment a review. We had also asked you to hashtag uh, points of penalties pod, which we kind of overlooked because we didn't get as many entries as we thought we might. So we overlooked that. Uh, we also asked you to subscribe uh, and we kind of overlooked that one as well. So as long as you commented and followed us, uh, we figured that was a good entry. Uh, so we had eight entries. Uh, we actually had 10 entries, but two of which are uh, wives and or girlfriends. So they can't really win. So we had eight other entries and our winner actually commented on Facebook, but his Instagram handle is, are you effing kidding me? And on Facebook, he commented, like I said, and his name is Ryan DeLine. So he wins our Morphe's Law giveaway. He gets a 10 pack of variety pack of moonshine, everything from the standard uh, white lightning, which is like a normal, a normal moonshine to the uh, spicy pepper shine, which is, as Kev says, great for Caesars and so on and so forth. And along with the variety pack, uh, Ryan will also receive uh, some points of penalty swag, which will include some stickers and a few of our new points of penalties cozies, which are pretty nice. Actually, I've been using using them uh, quite often over the last uh, week or so. So not today, though. Not today, no, no. Mm. But uh, so I just want to say congratulations to Ryan on winning, and thank you everybody who did comment and gave us a follow and gave us some feedback. We are going to chat about that in the very near future, and we'll look to maybe add some some things in that uh, you have suggested suggested sorry and we're going to try and make this show uh, that much better it's hard to uh it's hard to get better than perfect but Ooh, we'll, try. we'll try we'll try <laughs> peter you want to go over our scores for the week yes so i'm pretty sure i am plus one and jesse's minus one because connor Mc, connor mcdavid <laughs> is not a mixed martial artist <laughs> another one i get boned on <laughs> It's more fun that way anyway. And Kevin and Josh are both minus one because they do not know how old LeBron James is. Man, so if I've said 35, would I have got it because I was closest without going over? No, no price is right rules here. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Kevin and I both get minus because we're dumb and we don't know how old LeBron is. And what are our season uh, scores? Uh, that would bring the season total to plus two for Peter, minus two for Kev, Minus two for Jesse and minus four for Josh. Still in the basement. It's okay. March Madness will be your uh, you know, leapfrog that shit. I hope so. I hope so. At least bring it back to zero. <laughs> or no, it'll still be minus one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Jesse, how was your drink? It was pretty good. It, I'm a pretty big fan of 40 Creek. And uh, the Copper Pot is is the tits, really. Like, it's pretty good. And I, uh, I'm hoping to go do a tour there as well sometime in the future like i said there the other uh the other week we're gonna do a wayne gretzky tour and that's actually not too far away the uh is that in the same direction well yeah we'd have to do the 40 creek first i think or last depending on how you look at it but but Mm -hmm. it's it's for us it's first on the way down to niagara on the lake so it's in stony creek so so it's good and you were just drinking that straight yeah had a couple rocks in it I like it when you drink the fucking heavy liquor because that's when you start misspeaking and that's when I start getting points. <laughs> a real man would actually have a drink instead of four points. Oh, ouch. One of our comments was to try some lighter beers, so I am obliging. Anyway, on the subject of my light little bitch beer, 
Um, it's for a good cause. Like I said, every 25 cents goes to support Hockey Helps the Homeless. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good. Not too uh, flavorful, but uh, nice, easy drinking lager. Is this drinking water? Not quite, but close. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, how was your drink? So my left field brewery, 10 cent beer night was, it's actually really good. It's double IPA, strong beer, 7.8%, just a small boy, but I really liked it. It was, it wasn't dark at all. And it was quite hoppy, obviously, but it was really good. And 7.8% packed a bit of a punch, got a little glow on. I don't know if it's just because it's got the baseball on it and looks cool with the left field brewing, but I really like this. So I'm going to get it again. And hopefully I can find some more left field brewery uh, uh, products at the, uh, at the old LCBO. Where is left field brewing? Uh, Toronto, I believe. Now, Kevin had to step out. Uh, as he said, he had a birthday party for his daughter, or birthday dinner at least. Uh, so he was drinking the Murphy's Law apple pie. And I believe he said he was having it with apple juice and a spritz of soda stream. Yeah. And I know that he was loving it. He, I saw him down, down it pretty quick <laughs> in, their old, in our Zoom chat here. So I know he liked it and we always, you know, we love Murphy's Law. I think we've all had it now and maybe not necessarily on the show, but we've all given it a try. And uh, I, I have not, I have not, I have not tried. It. Oh, geez. I thought you guys had. So, okay. So you guys need to get your shit together and try this yeah. stuff because it is very good. I w- I was really hoping to win the contest. I put it in as a fake name, but it didn't win. <laughs> maybe next time, maybe next time. But yeah, so I know Kevin would have said it was great. Uh, he would tell everybody that's listening to go give it a try. And uh, once again, we thank them for giving us the giveaway prize pack, uh, which was very courteous of them. And uh, actually, Kevin and I went and picked it up yesterday. And we had a nice little talk with one of their uh, moonshiners, I guess you would call them. And it was uh, it was a good little, good little 15-minute chat. And uh, we can't wait to get back in there. Kevin and I are definitely going to go in for a tour once things maybe open up a little more. Uh, and there aren't so many restrictions but again we thank them for the giveaway prize pack and uh we can't wait to do some more giveaways whether it it be with them or some of these other other uh, breweries that uh, we've been we've been featuring and we're pretty sure our next giveaway is going to be a little bit easier to enter it's just going to be probably a like and follow kind of thing I think we yeah. set the bar a bit too uh, too high on this one. A little less work for everybody. <laughs> just uh, just tag one person and follow, and a couple clicks, and you'll be done. And hopefully, yeah. we'll get a few more entries. But regardless, all the entries gave us good reviews, and we were uh, happy. And we're going to try and oblige to some of the uh, requests or some of the ideas. So, so anyway, for everyone here at Points and Penalties, we want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay stay out of the penalty penalty box. box.